Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. We find the broad expanse of human experience and emotion displayed in the Psalms, from the highest of highs and praising God on the mountaintops to the deep, dark valleys of suffering and lament. Psalm 88 is one psalm that is filled with lament and sorrow, yet it is anchored in the hope that God is trustworthy, that He will hear, that He will answer. Whenever we find ourselves in the dark shadows of depression, we can come to God honestly, and even in those seasons of despair, psalms like this give us words to pray. Psalm 88 a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah, to the choir master, according to Mahalath Leonath, a maskil of Haman the Israelite. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more. For they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit. In the regions dark and deep, your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all of your waves. Selah. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Selah. Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me, afflicted and close to death from my youth up? I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. In this psalm, we find the earnest and honest prayer of a broken person. They are broken before the Lord. The psalmist declares how weighty and vexed he is in his current state, and he is honest with God. Yet we notice that even his grief and his lament and his prayer to God is still anchored in that knowledge that God hears him. So that relationship still exists even when the psalmist feels the deep darkness and even separation from God. Charles Simeon said that there are some who by God himself 
are brought into manifold temptations and are suffered to experience much darkness in their souls. And though, at first sight, it should seem as if these persons were less beloved of the Lord than others, the truth is that they are often to be found amongst those who are His chief favorites, whom the Lord loves, He chastens, and usually those most who are most beloved. We find this to be true in our own experience and in knowing that there are seasons of grief and sorrow. Not all experience it individually to the same degree. There is the element of disposition which we have that some are feel are made to feel more deeply the waves of grief and sorrow. And yet, we should remember it's no new thing to experience these uh, difficulties and troubles. William Plummer says, It's not a new thing for good men to have many and great troubles when floods of ungodly men, waves of sorrow and terrors roll in upon us. Let us remember God has carried others through as sore trials. It is sad indeed when we have no respite from grief, when the clouds never break away, when refuge seems to fail, but no trials can come that will justify us in failing to make God the depository of our sad tale. In other words, we need to bring our sorrows to God, to be able to take our griefs before Him, to remember, especially as believers in Jesus Christ, that He is the one who bore our sorrows and our troubles. May we remember to bring them to Him, that we would remember He is with us. All of these things we are prone to forget in times of difficulty. Uh, we find Luther saying that where such fears and terrors of mind abound and continue, they extend to the body, bringing on a paleness and emaciation, and affect the whole man. A moaning spirit gives a pining body, says Plummer. No mortal can explain why the loving and gentle God should permit the best of men to be so pressed and afflicted as thus to crush them. If any man thinks it a small trial to be a walking corpse or to be buried alive or imagines that such a calamity cannot overtake him, he has but a limited knowledge of his own feebleness or his liability to the displeasure of God. We can experience God's chastening, His reproof, His correction, and that heavy hand of God can impress upon our souls either the need to change or the need to recognize our own frailty. In the midst of all of it, as Ligon Duncan observes, we must remember never to allow suffering to make us bitter toward life or cold toward the glory of God. Our first inclination when we encounter suffering is often to think, why is this happening? God's not in control. But we must always remember that the Lord has both warned us to prepare for suffering and appointed trouble for His people. Why? For their everlasting good and for His glory. Uh, Duncan observes that this psalmist's heart reflects a right posture toward God. He cries for relief from his troubles, even as he acknowledges that they come from God's hand. We recognize that God is still working all things for our ultimate good and for his glory in all things, even our suffering. This is astounding to think about, that God 
works all things for good. And so even in our pain, and when it seems like God is silent, an excellent book, by the way, on this topic, uh, meditating on Psalms 88 and 89, uh, when pain is real and God seems silent, we find times of lament like this throughout Scripture. And they're telling us that we can experience and often will experience these seasons of darkness and of sorrow. We shouldn't automatically think that that means that something is uh, wrong with what we have been doing, but sometimes they are trials and tests to see how we will respond in the suffering. Either way, God wants us to trust in Him and to bring our sorrows to Him. We need to remember that the sufferings we experience uh, shouldn't call into question how true God's love for us is, but rather press us on into a deeper and greater knowledge of Him. Thinking of Romans 8.18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. In this psalm, we find such severe suffering, and yet we remember the greatest suffering of the entire world was when Jesus took upon himself sin uh, of the world to die for those who would repent and trust in him. We find uh, the psalmist asking this question of, do you work wonders for the dead? Uh, Calling to mind some earlier psalms where the psalmist says, You don't want me to to die, do you? Shouldn't I praise your name in the land of the living? And yet we remember another truth, that the one who suffered greatest also assures us that death doesn't have the final word. The grave has not won. It has been swallowed up in victory. So when we experience sorrow, especially on this side of the cross, remind ourselves Uh, of the truth that God has overcome death, sorrow, and the grave. May we rejoice in Him even as we approach Easter weekend. Let's pray. Lord, may we reflect on Your goodness and Your grace even in times of sorrow. Lord, where my heart is broken, when difficulty and trouble and pain and suffering seems to be everywhere, uh, may I remember that You are still good. You are still loving. And even in your times of chastening, Lord, may I trust you, knowing that you know best, that you are working things for your glory and for my good. Help me to trust you. Help me to come to you with the pains and difficulties, not to bury them or to simply talk about them with others, but to bring them before you. You are the one who works all of these things for our good and your glory. Help us to trust that and to walk day by day knowing who you are and who you have called us to be in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Called to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from The Psalms.